So also, so I found your daughter. And Brie, well, like Brienne could just be like, "Hey, lady cat, we didn't even have to get to King's Landing. To King's Landing. I found one." Hey y'all! Hey everybody! And welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's *A Song of Ice and Fire* series. As always, I'm your host Zach. Sitting here with me, my brother Nate. That's me. I'm That's Nate. That's you. Here I am. And if you've joined us before, you know we're full spoiler. If you haven't, this is your warning. We're full spoiler. So go away now if you don't want the books ruined. Last episode, we were reading the prologue. Of Storm of Swords. We're into Storm of Swords now, dude. This is it. Chapter one. So, before we start discussing book stuff, can we just talk about Martin changing his 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 header, header. on Twitter? Do you think there's anything to it? Ooh, is there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... You don't think he was just like, hey, it's almost Halloween. I mean, I think it's a lot to do with him, like, he's, he's reaching, you know... An end. I don't know if it's you know he's at the end yet. Right, writing, that's kind of like, what I'm viewing it more as just symbolic for him. Like I feel like, like he's we're nearing, excited. We're nearing something. Right, we're hitting some. We he's hit some milestone. Whether it's finishing up a chapter that he's had a, a rough time with, but I think he is tr- starting to try to build hype. Definitely, himself yeah. I think say, it's partly him as well. Yeah, just he's excited that you know it's it's getting closer and closer. He is putting effort into finishing this and so and uh at the top of the show we do have to say uh a big rest in peace to dame diana rig yeah. who recently passed she was well known for playing the queen of thorns queen of thorns olena tyrell on the show and she recently passed so rest in peace to her she did great work and yes yeah, i loved bad. her yeah too she bad. was funny she but was she was good Anyway, she yes. She was also a Bond girl. She was a Bond she girl. Was very weird. And I'm a big fan of the Bond mm-hmm. movies. So, and Bond girls. this episode, we're reading fucking Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister's first ever chapter. Dude, so good. So good. So, yeah, last episode, we read the prologue with Chet. And as we know, uh, things don't tend to go well for our prologue characters. Chet was planning, announced from the Brotherhood of the Night's Watch. Fuck this place. Yeah, but it he didn't... gathered his men and. Chose them very intelligently, very similar to Corrin, who uh, pointed out. Well, he he at least put well, some I mean, I have it. to also keep in mind that he's not picking the best of the best. He's trying to find the worst well, of the right, worst. Yeah. And so the worst and best, the best picks among the worst people are going to look like this. Yeah. And was all set to go until it started snowing, which we find out the snow was just the herald of the much larger threat of the others arriving at the Fist of the First Men where our friends Samuel Tarly and Old Bear and the rest of the Brothers of the Night's Watch are. Yes. So, uh, again, to note, Martin himself put in a foreword to keep an eye, a mind on chronology. Chronology! And so we're going to pick up with Jamie Lannister immediately after he was freed from Cat's last chapter from Clash of Kings. right So it's the the next morning, um, maybe late morning, I would imagine. Yeah. That, But from that last chapter that we had with her. So, and since it's a Jamie chapter, I will only be referring to her as Wench. Brienne, the Wench, Jamie, and Cleos Frey are making their way by boat down this the down the Trident. Now in the motherfucking river. Yeah, that's sick. And Jamie is just loving it. He feels drunk on the yeah. freedom, the sunlight, the, the fresh wind air. through his hair. Basically, yeah. he's going to be any one of you that are actually maintaining your quarantine right. like you're supposed to once you can go out into the, those fresh air and moments. And mainly just 
his thoughts revolve around his sister and brother, right. Cersei and Tyrion. He he thinks that the the breeze is as light as Cersei's fingers through his yeah, hair. Yeah, well, because and... he started, he just starts laughing. He's so so friggin' excited. Well, yeah, it's that release of, of joy. Fuck, just... I'm out. And Brienne's like, "Yo, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, Jamie." And he's like, "What, man? I'm sorry, but like, dang." But that's when he pictures her. In one of Cersei's, because he was just thinking about Cersei, yeah. so I almost felt like it was like that. He's almost daydreaming. He's seeing Ridiculous. Cersei, and then yeah, just poop. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's... I want you to picture Severus Snape in your grandmother's clothing, type of moment yeah. where yeah, he's thinking of hot, sexy Cersei, and then suddenly, pop, there's Brienne <laughs> in the dress, and yeah, he he also then kind of recounts the last night and how. So before he does, I oh, thought yeah. it was really important that he. He says how ugly she is and how gross well, she is, yeah. but he's immediately counters that with, "Yeah, but look at the fucking power in her. Look arms. at her rowing. Like, she's a she's a rower. Yeah, which you know might not seem like much, but that's what she strives for. Technically, that's what she's after is that strength and the power. And I mean, yeah, she wants to be respected as a knight and as well, a yeah, person, but she but wants to be viewed as a knight. Yeah, she doesn't want to be seen as, as a the lady. woman yeah. in the knight's realm. She wants to be seen and as a so knight. And so the the thing that he does notice, which he doesn't say to her, obviously, is her strength immediately. Right? Yep. Like, holy shit, she's she's got some fucking. She lifts, bro. She lifts. But in uh, and in, in thinking of how they came to be in this boat, he just ruminates that he was so drunk that he barely recalls any of it yeah. and that he thinks Tyrion would laugh himself silly when he hears that I slept or was drunk through my escape and that he has to thank to Cat's wine and right. thinks on that the fact that Catelyn brought him a full tankard which was her plan to get him yep. good and drunk and, and she uh, he even joked with her as they chained him up that you know oh it, is my word as a Lannister not enough you need to have me manacled as well like he he's he, the entire chapter thinking about how he can escape, how he can cut mm-hmm. her down, which I think is very important come the end of the chapter as he's when he you makes know, the big decision, decision to yeah. not kill her right off the bat. But. Yeah, so we learn here uh, basically what Catelyn set everyone out to do. Sir Cleos now has new terms for the queen, and upon delivering Sir, uh, Catelyn's message to Tyrion. He will earn his own freedom. So, of course, he swore to, yeah, oh, well, yeah, I'll deliver any message you want. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he, he does a. I also like because he bringing up Cleos, this fucking mm-hmm. third wheel. Uh, he <laughs> compares him to Brienne, where, damn, like, Brienne is fucking handling her rowing. Cleos, not so much. No, not even and a little bit. Sir Cleos, Frey. Right. The only two sirs in the boat. One is a shitty rower, one is a prisoner, and Brienne's the one handling everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's this interesting, the men who deserve the respect aren't so, the men who should be getting the respect. Because he, he even, with the respect thing, he mentions how, because he, he's putting her down in her, how she looks and compares her to a peasant. She looks like a peasant. And the way he says that makes it seem like he doesn't think that peasants can be attractive people. Yeah, check no, your you privilege, you just bro. look like a like people who look like peasants are the ugly people. You're just an ugly person. So you look like a peasant. That's yeah. just how it goes. Um but he notes that she speaks like a, a highborn though. Yeah. She doesn't talk like she's dumb or any uneducated person. She's she's a lady. And so that kind of again, he he's 
complimenting her constantly in his head, which I think is what Martin was going to trying to do with this first chapter, a show like he does have positive thoughts about people. Yeah. He might not share them, and that's why he's the Kingslayer. That's why he's so him. But he is thinking good things about her, even if they're in a snide way. Yeah, a privileged way. But yeah. they go back and forth as he basically tells her to, I can help you row if you remove these chains. Ha 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 ha. No. And yeah, she ain't having it. And Sir uh, Jamie starts to get a little savage here, and Sir Cleo steps in. He's like, well, remember your courtesies, cuz. This is this is still a, a, a situation in a high lady that yeah, we're cause with. Yeah, because they do the whole, that's where she first, you know, they get the Kingslayer and Wench argument. Yep. And she, he's like, well, you know, I may have killed the king, but are you denying your sex? So drop your pants, show us. Mm. Prove me wrong. Yeah, and Cleos is like, whoa, 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 whoa bro. bro. Dude, you can't, you can't be saying those things. Yeah, all right. Fucking Gendry telling and, Arya to whip and his I, cock out and have a piss. Right, I quoted this. Jamie thinks on Cleos. He says, he looks like a weasel, fought like a goose, and had the courage of an especially brave ew. Fuck. Oh, yeah, just, Jamie's shit, fucking hilarious. Oh, and he notes... That the Lannister blood is thin in this one. Mm. And because we get that Sir Cleos is the son of Lady Gemma and some fucking useless Idiot Frey. Frey, right. And Jamie immediately is noting that he's more Frey than Lannister, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, telling, very telling right. in this world of. And I believe Gemma and. Uh, Jamie specifically have a, a sick conversation one of my in Dance of Dragons. Yeah. Um, so that that's a fun thing to look forward but to. But Jamie does manage to get Brienne's home out of her tarth, and even that was given grudgingly. And he asks if all the women are so ugly that come from tarth. And Cleos again is like, Jamie, like, dude, you can't do this. Chill, it's not speak okay. more softly. And he's he, uh, he he want, he's like, but hold up. I thought Tarth serves Storm's End, so how the fuck did you end up serving Rob Stark? And she's like, I don't serve Rob Stark. I serve Lady Catelyn. And then she tells him about joining the Rainbow Guard with Renly, and he's like, Rainbow Guard? What? Yeah, with seven other women. Yeah, he he's just fucking laying into her. Cleo says that Brienne must have gotten all this, this bullshit in her head, all these lies from Lady Catelyn. Because they couldn't beat Jamie Lannister with swords, so now they must do it with poisoned words. Yeah. And Jamie's like, you fucking idiot. How do you think I got put into that cell? They beat us with they, swords. They did beat me shit. with swords. And he wonders what he has on his hands here an honest mutton head or a lick spittle. <laughs> and he, yeah, it, it's just he, the way he's needling these people, mainly just needling Brienne, but he's getting so much info right. out of both of them in their reaction well, to him. Well, because this is when, because uh, his response, Cleos's response there is, he says, Sir Jamie would never hurt a child. And Jimmy, Jamie's like, oh, it's a lick spittle. Lick spittle. He's a fucking idiot. Yep. So, Jamie thinks that he had come to Rue shoving Bran from that yeah. window. So as Cersei had given him endless grief for it. We haven't gotten... Decent Jamie combo because, like, he's not been with Cersei or Tyrion or someone he'll talk to yep. since Game of Thrones, yeah. like, early on. And so, th- this is like the first time in two books he's just been chilling there in prison. And he's like, 
Yeah, man, I I, I regret doing that. Yeah. Like, and not necessarily because it's you know no, he was because hurting Cersei a kid. gave him shit for it. Yeah, like Cersei he was telling him that they could have bullied him and yada yada yada. We've when when we've had this conversation, we've heard it from Cersei. Cersei herself had said that she told Jamie they could have bullied him into being quiet, and if not, Jamie would have killed everyone he needed to anyway. It wouldn't have mattered, but he bids Sir Cleos to help him begin to clean up a little bit and shave off the beard, shave off some of his hair, yeah, and yeah. they do this, which is very much so a transformation of sorts. It's that shedding of an old ideal. It's, it's reminiscent of Danny at the end it's of the It's cleaning Thrones, the slate, right. Because she she went and cleansed herself in the fire, technically, yep. but he's, he's shaving himself clean, and it's almost that... Yeah, to me, it's that that shape, starting wiping yeah, the slate, wiping clean, the slate and, clean and starting fresh. And yeah, Jamie's bald as hell, and looking when he looks into uh, the, the water's water. reflection, he looks like he had aged five years in his cell, and he looks even less like Cersei now. And she would hate that he notes, which I think is a super telling point of Cersei that. She's going to like him less because he doesn't look like her. Yeah, and that makes you wonder how much of their relationship was just a. Uh, she sees herself right, in him. Right, so she's that vain. And that's, she's turned on by the male thought of herself. Yeah. I, if I were a man, that's who I could potentially be. And so she's living vicariously through him. Yep. And so they continue on in their little boat ride, and Jamie begins to spot some silver fish that are darting underneath the water, and, and he then, thinks it's Tully Trout. That's a bad omen. Yeah. Followed and, by a Lannister, a, a wor- dead body. A worse omen, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lannister clo- uh, has cloak caught in the roots of some trees, and Jamie wonders if he had known the man, which I just love, like that passing. <laughs> well, because I feel like Jamie's the commander, similar to Rob, who's going to be going up and down the line, you know, talking to each guy as they're they're preparing for battle, and so he kind of does know his troops fairly well. He's not the Tywin Lannister up sitting, only knows his war council and, yeah. like, those that need to know him. Jamie's out there with them. So I just feel like he would know how they... Yeah, you know, he could have potentially actually known the guy. But Jamie takes uh, note here that this was once a bustling, busy river, and now not so much because the war had taken its toll. They do see a girl watering a horse who rides off quickly upon spotting them. Arya Stark. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I mean, I mean that was my question. Oh, is it like legit? Like, like, you know, is you know, who is this girl? Well, and is it Arya? So, if it's Arya, so they're a little too. She's way too close to River Run. Um. It's, Way too close. That, to well, that's because they're coming from Harrenhal. Yeah, and so it de- chronology. It all depends on when Harren. Because no, thinking about it, because Roose would have gotten there after Tywin left. So yeah, I suppose it would be if they've got a horse. The thing for me is where's Gendry and Hop? Well, I mean that's up the road somewhere. Right, I mean, yeah, they that like her but, moving yeah. around by herself isn't that outlandish? Yeah, with them, but, but it, like, and if not Arya, is just is it? Someone, I was wondering. I couldn't help but wonder if it was just. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too many other little girls that we might be aware of throughout this, unless it's somebody pretending to be. So Arya makes the most sense. Yeah. That and she does tend to have those types of little cameos in people's chapters when she's like she appears on in yeah, a we'll Samwell to, chapter. Yeah, we'll have to see an Arya one where whereabouts yeah, she's at. But, definitely. Um, they also see some peasants in a field who don't really react. They just kind of eye them suspiciously until they continue on. And it's later that Sir Cleo spots some smoke downriver, and it rose from the smoldering ruin of a large building, 
and alive there was a live oak full of dead women yeah. and so Brienne is just fucking horrified by this and she says that no true knight would ever condone such butchery so fuck cause I mean yeah it's a tree of the dead right right and Jamie just tells her that true knights do and see worse every time they ride to war, wench. And so Brienne, of course, means to see to the women. Yeah, and have them taken down and buried. And so they start debating on, well, they find the note first that says they were hung for laying with lions. Yep. And so Jamie laughs. This is your people, not mine. Your people did this. And... Technically, it's not really even her people. Yeah, no, She's just kind not. of finding, right. following Cat. But they start debating who it could have been, whether it was, because um, Cleos mentions Don Darien from yep. the Brotherhood Without Banners. Ruth but Bolton. He, he does note that he's said to only not, he doesn't kill small folk. Right, right. And then Roose Bolton, which confuses Jamie, because Jamie didn't know that he's now holding uh, up Harrenhal. Hall, yep. While leaving Harrenhal now. Um, and at the mention of that, he warns Brienne that, the, then the, if if Bruce Bolton's holding Harrenhal, then the river and the roads are likely watched. So, like, what what the fuck is your plan here, then? Because that's some shit. And so Brienne's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to climb the tree and right. start cutting them down. So do you think that it was the Brotherhood? Was that who that who hung them? No, no, no. I who? think I think it was some of the Tully men. The Tully men? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Right, right. I think it was, like, an Ed, Edmure's band, one of Rob... Yeah, like... That and that's that was always my point of contention with the show is it's not at all ever fucking stated that Rob's men are the cream of the crop. None of them ever rape women. None of them ever do anything yeah, yeah. bad ever in wartime. Like so, then them doing that down in King's Landing, wasn't right, the right, most right. And so, like thing. that turn to me, yeah, wasn't crazy because everyone was like, "Oh, the Northmen would never do that." But I beg to differ. The Northmen are fucking savage. Barbaric. Well, and it's specifically stated throughout Clash that that's what Rob is doing up in Tywin's area is exactly what the mountain yeah, yeah, was doing through the yeah, river. They're going through and just raiding and pillaging. Like, yeah, it's burning yeah. down places. And that's... so I absolutely think that this was Tully's or Edmure yeah. or even a bit of Roose Bolton's men, maybe. Like Which it could have yeah. been Roose Bolton absolutely. himself. Um, and so yeah, it's someone on Rob's side, isn't? And that's where Jamie is just drinking up the irony of it. That like, yeah, it's, even it, me. it's not our atrocities this time, right? And so, so in Brian the tree, gets to the top or even part way up, and she spots a boat coming down the river. Yeah, and she's like, "Fucking in fuck!" And she just it's like a boat with a tully sail. Hulk and jumps out of this fucking tree and superhero crash landing, yeah. lands right next to Jamie. It's like it's time to go. Yeah, they all rush back to the boat. This is when they note that it's a tully sail and. The chase is on. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. And it goes for a, a good long while until Jamie points out that it is a river galley and that they're not going to outrun this bitch. Yeah, it's got like nine oarsmen on either side, 18 total, and so maybe 20, 25 people on there, which freaks Cleo the fuck yeah. out. He's like, um... But Jamie's like, yo, strike off my chains. Our best hope is to die with a sword in hand. And it states that he's not afraid to die. Like, Right. But he, she tells him, no, you're under my protection. And he thinks she is the hound with teats. <laughs> and now as funny as that line is, again, I think of that as a massive compliment in the way he's meaning it. She is this... You're not going to sway her from what she wants right then. Yep. 
And she's capable of doing it. Yeah, and good luck trying to muscle her. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so he sees that there's some archers on the other ship at about this time. Jamie fucking hates archers. He hates fucking archers. I like archers. that, no. I, I just, hate fucking, fucking yeah. hate archers. He also uh, recognizes Robin Rygar. Yeah. And so he calls out to him. And Rygar's like, yo, toss your weapons in the water. We got you. Fucking stop. And he's like, well, Catelyn Stark freed me, and it's sending me on home. And he's like, well, Catelyn Stark does not rule in River Run. And a warning shot of arrows pepper their boat. <laughs> Missing them all, but Jamie notes Brienne's calm. Like, right. She is determined, She's, not desperate. Yeah, because she's steering towards the cliffs. She also had meant, made a comment earlier because Jamie complimented her. Your, your knowledge of this river is uh, outstanding. Yeah. And she said, I don't know this river at all. Yeah. I grew up on a boat. Yeah, Tarth, we were all taught to sail. And so. so, yeah, he spots her eyes. And because, again, he even mentions it. He's seen hundreds of men die in battle. He's seen people in there looking in their eyes. He knows those looks. And he recognizes it as determination. Yeah, yeah, she's looking around de- for a plan, something. She's figuring to, it out. She's not looking around in, in panic, panic or and, desperation. Yeah. Absolutely. And so at this point, they're coming up to like a break in the river where there's an island and then there's a rock wall. Uh, right. Uh, a cliff bluff. face. Yeah. And, and she just all of a sudden stands up. Tells Cleo to take the tiller and Jamie and Orr. And, they and, enter. and Swan dives into the fucking water. Yeah, they enter the, uh, the shadow between the rocky bluff to their left and the wooded aisle to their right. And as soon as they're out of Jamie's sight. Jamie's like, yeah, this is like a moment's respite, but they're going to catch right up to us. And Brienne, yeah, just dives in and begins climbing up the cliff. And like, he's like, oh. Oh, fuck. Uh, all right. The galley follows them in, and <laughs> Jamie just laughs, thinking that Brienne's going to get fucking shot right off that wall, but they don't. And so Jamie decides to test Rygar's pride and see if it would make him stupid. Yes. Challenges him to singles combat. You and me. Let's go, bro. Let's do this right now. <laughs> and then Rygar's like, I'm supposed to bring you back alive if I can. So, like, no. No? Yeah. Why? No. Why would I do that? A boulder the size of a cow fell from the cliff. <laughs> so, at first... I thought this was meant to be a description of Brienne jumping off, uh, and that's Jamie's fucked yeah, upness, yeah, yeah. and I think that's intentional. Like, yeah, and after then, the whole chapter, of yeah, that. and then it does the slow pullback of yeah, Brienne slammed a rock off the bluff and, and was keeping to do it, just hit a few more yeah. as well as she. The rock in. cracked in two and slammed the galley, it just immediately decimating it, and it begins taking on water quite quickly as it starts just kind of spinning and going all out of control. And so they they go down. That's that. Like, that's no more chase. And Jamie just kind of keeps going down the river with Cleos. And yep. he just can't help but think to himself, like, yo, fuck yeah. The guys like, are good. Boat's gone. Brienne's gone. Like, tight. Then Brienne does a fucking 10 out of 10 swan dive. Dude, off, off the, the cliff. cliff yep. Into the water. She did, like, a triple flip into a perfect dive. Wonderful, no splash. And Sir Cleos begins angling toward her. Jamie still had his oar. One good swing when she swam up, and I'll be free of her, he thinks. Yeah. How quickly, how quickly, and that's why I think I love Jamie Lannister, is how quickly he can go from this lighthearted, like, poking One fun at her to just like, yeah, I could knock this woman unconscious in the river, leave her to drown. And keep going. Probably kill Sir Cleos, 
Cause right, hey, fuck him. Fuck this guy. He, uh, we already know Jamie thinks he's a little worm, and right. he's nothing. So like, yeah, how quickly Jamie Lannister can become a scary fucking human being? But Brienne swims up, and instead he found himself helping her, offering her the oar to help her out of the yeah, water. While and he's into the still boat. thinking that shit, he's offering it to her and helping her in. She's even uglier, wet. He thinks. <laughs> And he just calls her fucking stupid. That was dumb. That said, was... We could have left you. We could have just fucking left you. And she was like, I don't give a fuck. I said, I swore an oath to see you safe to King's Landing, she tells him. And Jamie gave You her... actually mean to keep it. <laughs> and he smiles. Now there's a wonder. Yeah. So Jamie, I mean, the man of broken oaths, essentially, as everyone has labeled him, no one knowing his truth, I'd like to take a moment to speak Jamie Lannister's truth but yeah the fact that he is surprised by someone who's going to keep their vow I think is that's the turning point and that's why we get to pick it up here with Jamie that's why it's so significant that this is the first chapter because he just shaved his head he just admitted that he looks less like a Lannister less like Cersei he aged five years in that cell Cersei's not gonna like that and we know full spoiler reread Cersei doesn't like that right she doesn't they, there's an awkward disconnect when he yeah, they, they do never have what they had before what they had yeah. before right especially because he loses his hand yet yeah and so all these changes physically are basically saying he is no longer who he was going into that cell. Like, Jamie Lannister died in that cell, and now he's getting a chance at rebirth, and immediately he's getting bombarded with this goodly knight, this woman who's fulfilling her oath, fulfilling her vows, swan diving and pushing rocks off cliffs against men she serves to Jamie and killing them. She killed a couple. Some may have drowned. We don't know the the result of the rest, but most of them are going to have a long, wet walk back to River Run. But she straight up attacked the men of the lady she serves right. in order to fulfill this oath. And that's such a funny idea yeah, yeah, yeah. that the Joker, the, the Joker, Jamie tends to personify a little bit of the Joker for me in that life is a fucking joke and everybody is a little bit crazy type thing. And I, I just, that's the, the smile at the end to me is more, creepy than it is like a genuine because it says Jamie gives her his, her his brightest smile but like to me that's not a see I don't I disagree I do think it is a, a genuine? genuine yeah it's this I think it's a I think it's he's spent his entire life being told he's the king's slayer and knowing that and shit and never there's not a single true knight in fucking king's landing that he's ever met here she Sir is. Gerald Hightower. Well, since th- the those days, oh, okay. and like, and especially like now, but yeah, Barry. But even still, she's tr- like the truest. Well, of right, fucking... absolutely. And so for him to see that after all this, like he's been giving her the most shit, you know, threatening her, and was even thinking about it there, but didn't act on it. Even though he pushed Bran out a fucking window, we always saw him as pure evil, and now. He's seeing this truly true knight who's like, no, I know it's, I made a vow to get you there. And he's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm fucking Jamie Lannister. And so you think I'm a piece of shit. You're not going to try all that. And then to see her do exactly what you just went and said with, you know, attacking a Tully ship. He's like, holy shit. She really means to do this. And I think that's kind of a, an empowering moment for him as a knight. 
especially at this point, this rebirthing, like, oh, wow. Like, I think he needed to see that kind of genuine. I mean, bet, like, just with the words he says, it seems much more mocking to me. Now there's a wonder, like, it just, I, I think it's too soon. I think it comes out as that way. I, well, I just, I think it's too soon for him to be having this, yes, she's right moment. I don't think he's seeing it as that, yes, she's right moment. I think he's genuinely. So that's why the smile is a little more creepy to me, because it's this, there's an idea there of goodness, but it's so corrupted that, like, you actually think you're going to be able to be a good beacon. Oh, now there's a fucking wonder type thing. Like, well, I see it your as good is gonna get snuffed out by. How, yeah, I see it as how the hound looks at Sansa. With that. well, that's why I was saying like I saw it as a little joke. Like in that, the chaos is 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 just inherent. Like your little good candle r- flame that you're holding, Brienne, is gonna get so fucking snuffed out right, so right. hard because you're. You're you're taking no sides by doing your oath here, and that's where I think he. You just attack Tully men to protect a Lannister and a Frey that you hate. You're ser- but you're serving a Stark right. to try to get Stark girls back. Like in and he by choosing no sides, you you end up becoming everyone's enemy type thing. And yeah. I think that's a little more where it's at here. But I think you're right where it's starting to worm its way into his now bald little head yeah. of. No, she is a good knight, and obviously losing his hand humbles him much further. That would be great. I just, I love that end there where he straight up was about to murder her and just doesn't. Just on a whim. Yeah. There's no, no there is no thought process. He, he's helping her in as he's like, I really could just bash yeah, her right there now. There is no decision internally of a thought process of, no, I should let her in. It's the good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. I need her. There's no reason given. And that's what makes and me feel as though. And we're in his though, head. So exactly, it's, it's instinctual. He's just naturally right. a it's good an, person. Yeah, it's an he doesn't want to kill her right. for any. She hasn't given him any reason right. to there kill her. Right, there is no good reason. And yet. so... Brant, and and that's, I want to bring up Brant, like, he pushed a child out a window. How much more evil can you get? Yeah. He did that to protect him. Like, it was that protection. Just like Cersei's had fucking infants slaughtered. Just like Brienne just crashed a tully ship. Yeah, it's that instinct. It's that, but instinctually, he is a good person. And I think that is what's so important with that specific moment that Martin wrote. Well, it's also, there's that quote of our... Our first response to something is what we were taught and, and, and ingrained to do or say. And then our second response is what we actually are, who we are. And we get that here. Jamie's first response was to push Brienne out the window. Right. Here, his first response is to kill Brienne. His second is to, is to extend the oar and, help, and her. help her in. And so, yeah, he's still having that conversation with himself. I should just hit her in the face with this fucking oar. But... I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go with my second instinct, which is instead to offer it in some form of gesture or at least modicum of truce of we won't have to worry about slitting each other's throat in the night type Maybe. thing. Right now. Yeah. For this night. For, for this, this night, night at this least. Night. And so uh, with that, I think we can go ahead and convene our small council and get our inductees. And... I think you're correct. Cool. Blop. Small council. Ooh, ha, ha. Blop is the sound for the small council. What up? I don't so, like that. So, we got some inductees from you guys, but of course we want to give some of our own first. So, you got an inductee for this, Jamie. One. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the little girl who is watering her horse on the chance that it is Arya. Parentheses Arya, question mark. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hoping that it's Arya. Yeah, and that's that she's making this cool little cameo and that she's 
Dude, she's so fucking close. Her mom is right fucking there. If that's her... That's why I kind of think de- it's, it's not. And that just... It makes it so much better. Like, that is this where she gets well, caught by the Brotherhood like without especially banners? Especially where, like, Rygar is now going to be coming up. Yeah, like, and, like, those few guys are going to be coming the up. The captain of the Tully household guard is absolutely someone Arya would want to reveal herself to. Right. And so, like, yeah. And especially being... with fucking... If she if he had Jamie in tow, yeah. like, and then he shows up and he's like, so also so, I found your daughter. Bri- well, like, Brienne could just be like, hey, Lady Cat. We didn't even have to get to King's Landing. To King's Landing. I found one. Found one. <laughs> uh, that would be fucking. Now excellent. that we have this one, do you want us to? We should probably keep him. Yeah. Keep him and and mention that. Yeah. Okay. Dude, it'd be yeah, fucking. Yeah, it'd be. Uh, I mean, it changed the war on a Obviously, dime. yeah, everything would be different, and that but, doesn't make any sense. But that's a good one. I I'm like gonna it. Get that one. Yeah. And her horse, because we can we can house the horse for the night. Cause that just you can't leave your horse out in the fucking wild. Yeah. Um. So, you. Mine's going to the. Uh, the animals, the the fish under the, the water, the, 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 the tully trout, trout, the silver trout. Just because I I couldn't help but think like there's the the, the Lannister corpse that they come upon, all bloated and caught. I mean the fish are fucking eating on that. These tully trout are feeding on this Lannister corpse, yeah. and I like Martin loves his fucking sigil imagery, and to me that was a big one. Is like. It's literally feasting on the It's flesh. literally subsisting. The Tully Trout right now is subsisting well, on like, the Lannister. The Trout are like the, the crows of the water. The crows right, yeah, the stream. carrion crawlers. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, right, and so all these bodies that we've heard that get carried down these rivers are... Getting eaten by the trout. Feast for crows, yeah. right. And so, yeah, no, I really like the uh, the silver fish and just Jamie doing the... That's a bad omen, and that's a worse omen. <laughs> that's that's no good. So, <laughs> but, I mean, fuck, if I could, I'd just give it to everything in this chapter. Dude, it was such a great one. Yeah. What a way to kick the... Like, I know we kicked off Storm with the, the prologue. Well, for but for a POV, the for first, the first POV. And to be Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Jamie Fookin Lannister. So those are our inductees. We did get some, of course, from... A few of you, My which I, I yeah, I Nate Nate's phone's dead, and I didn't have pulled up preemptively. And so you're gonna, you know, just hang out with scrolling, us. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So we're pulling up Karen first. Yeah, we're hey! gonna do reading read, read Karen's first again. Karen got us a big old block a of while them, back. and we love it. And so thank so you. So Jamie won. Got to give this one to the Kingslayer himself. He showed a little of the honor and goodness we get to see later when he allows Brienne back into the boat. Like everyone, I'm very invested in the Brienne-Jamie relationship. And one thing I hope with all my heart is that the books Jamie knights her like he did in the show. That would be sick. Yeah. Lady Brienne, she looked so uncomfortable that Jamie sensed a weakness. Or would Sir Brienne be more your taste? I want none of your thanks, Kingslayer. I swore an oath to bring you to King's Landing. And you actually mean to keep it? Jamie gave her his brightest smile. Now there's a wonder. Jamie, seeing that she is honorable and keeps her vows, is what starts his hero's journey. Damn. Killed it. Karen, thank you as always. You're killing it over there. And then we got another inductee from our favorite French fry, Julian. Julian. And Nate's going to read out right now. He says, hello. I don't know if the N was supposed to be in there, but I said it anyway because you wrote it in there. So shit is fucked up in the U.S. I'm a few episodes ahead, and I sure hope it's a bit better. I'm thinking you mean chapters. Uh... 
a bit better by now. Are you still locked down? Yes. Yes. It, well, um, if we're intelligent, we're still locked we're down. We're supposed to be. A lot of America's not intelligent. <sighs> America's still fucked. But thanks for asking, Julian. Thanks we for really asking. We appreciate it. Yes. So it was, <laughs> it was awesome to read a Jamie point of view chapter. He's just like I imagined him. Clever, ironic, a bit too proud, of course. But I liked getting into his mind and following the relationship between him and Brienne Beborn. He's, he's my inductee this week, just for this pleasure of being inside of his head for the first time. Can't wait for the next one. Even if I'm afraid he's soon going to lose the hand. I'm going to cry of despair when that happens anyway. Have a nice one there. Be safe and good luck. Valar Lyonaris. Well, if you cry over Jamie losing his hand, just think at least you've got two to wipe those tears with, whereas Jamie only has the one. Right. So a few things uh, from that email. Uh, Nikolai Walder Costo, who played Dream Boy. Yes, yeah. he's a lovely, magnificent. He did a spectacular job. But as you mentioned, getting inside and getting those internal monologues, yo, Julian, I am so fucking excited for you to hear every little thing that he has to think because it is outstanding. Yeah, it only gets better. Jamie's a and, great character. Uh, well, next, guys, yeah, uh, that's our thoughts, feelings, opinions, and Dr. G's on Jamie 1. Jamie fucking Lannister won. Yeah, so next we're going to be reading Catelyn won. Yeah. Catelyn Stark. And so it's going to be picking up basically during this and what, what she's going through after. Um, I'd also like to point out, because everyone likes to give her shit, Catelyn Stark had just learned of her son, Brandon Rickon, being killed at Winterfell before freeing Jamie, Star- Jamie Lannister to get her daughters back. So, like, let's fucking ease up. Yeah, so let me tell you what. I got me two boys that are about... The same age difference as those two, Brandon right. and Rickon. A little younger than them, but yeah, I'd fucking lose my mind and do some stupid right. shit. Like she, stupid I, I think shit. a lot of people like to forget that Catelyn just finds out Brandon and Rickon are dead in the same chapter that she frees Jamie Lannister in. So there's that. As we're heading into that, just keep that in mind because Catelyn is, I mean, she's just about a broken mother at this point. Desperately holding yeah. on to the hope that Brienne and Jamie Lannister can salvage her two remaining daughters. But... That is a story for another time. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Valor de Harris. Peace. Peace.